0: Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Yo! Go? That's how we start the show now? No, I said yo! Oh, 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 I thought
1: you said go! I was like, Erica and Emily in the house! GleeCast! Woo! Go! Raising a roof! The roof! That's really all roof, I don't want to be, you know, too boastful. Yeah, we don't need to raid everyone's roof. Just, just the ones we're under. Yeah, I was also thoroughly concentrating because you said, "Oh, it's going to be a few minutes. You know, just relax." So I'm sitting at the computer. I am trying desperately to figure out if City Field, which is the Met Stadium, has alcohol-free seating, and I want to make sure I don't buy my ticket for those sections. I'm at the point where I'm kind of assuming they just don't have it because it's impossible to find online. Why? Chase- stew oh i know isn't that awful why would they do that because they're awful people there are awful people in this world who it's it's not i don't think you're awful if you don't drink that's fine like i totally understand a lot of people don't maybe you don't want your kids around it maybe you're recovering it's fine but don't like the don't get so angry if somebody drinks next to you at a ball game you know what i'm saying Uh, So I just want to make sure I don't buy tickets for that section. Normally it doesn't matter because I know the games are dead enough so I can always wander around. But like it's the holiday weekend. So I want to make sure I get tickets where I can sit down and have beer and not be kicked out. Yeah. I'm just starting to assume that they just don't have that ban anywhere. Because otherwise I don't see why they would make it so difficult for somebody to confirm that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, otherwise, how are you, Erica?
0: Um, I'm okay. I'm recovering from a root canal. Oh, oh, that's right. I thought of you yesterday. How'd it go? <laughs> it was okay. It was, I mean, like, it, obviously I had three shots of Novocaine, so, like, I didn't feel the root yeah. canal itself. <laughs> but, apparently, I have a very small mouth, which I was unaware of, <laughs> um, which made it very difficult to give me the shots of Novocaine. And, did, I, I, have you ever had, you've never had a root canal, have never you?
1: I've no.
0: They put, like, this metal thing, like, around your tooth, and then... That holds this, like, honestly, the only way I could actually describe it is to say it's, like, a dental dam. It's, like, a sheet of rubber Okay. that's, like, held taunt by this plastic square thing. And that goes, like, over your tooth, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they're only, I don't know. I couldn't actually see, obviously, because it was in my mouth. Mm -hmm. But, like, that thing was, like, smashed up against my face. So, like, that was more uncomfortable for the 25 minutes that she was working on my tooth than the actual root canal okay but now that then of course like i had a droopy mouth for the rest of the day because the novocaine made my mouth droop and it was numb like it was literally numb all the way up to the corner of my eye
1: okay
0: like the whole side of my face was numb so that was no fun but then once it wore off they like what's left i mean i can't i have to have a crown put on so and they can't do that for a like up to a week afterwards to make sure that your tooth isn't tender anymore i guess okay at least this is the way my dentist does it. So I like, so I have like half a tooth in my mouth because Ooh. they basically like ground down the top of it to put the crown on. So literally like the top of my tooth is just like flat and it's like probably is like, it a, in the back of your mouth. Yeah, it's where? the last okay. molar on my bottom left. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like the edges of it are like sharp. So my tongue is all, like, raw on the side, and the side of my mouth is all raw from, like, talking and drinking and eating
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) and rubbing up against it. And, like, my jaw is still kind of tender if I touch it. But I'm just very uncomfortable, and I don't understand why they
1: leave your mouth so sharp. I don't understand why things like that have to happen in this world. It's It's 2012. Can't they just, like, shoot a laser at it and it's fine? I know. Why aren't we at that point yet? They do that with your eyeballs now.
0: They do. I don't know.
1: You're yeah. yeah,
0: so I'm super uncomfortable and my tongue hurts. But other than yeah. that, I'm all right.
1: Yeah. Um, I just reached a point in Game of Thrones. I reached the thing that happens in book three. Uh, oh. I'm not going to say it, of course, because I know yeah. you're still in book two. But like I was when, I, um, when we were talking about Game of Thrones to people who had read much further into it. And they were sitting there like, oh, did you get to that part in book three yet? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. They're like, no, you haven't. You would know what we mean. I'm like, OK. And like this morning, I'm reading on the train and I get to the chapter where it happens. And I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm looking around, like forgetting that I'm alone on a subway train (laughs) and everybody around me doesn't know why I'm so excited. But I'm like looking around for someone to acknowledge what just happened. (laughs) And of course, nobody does because it's on a subway. And most of them probably have not also read at that point in book three. So it was actually very upsetting because I was like, but I want somebody to be like, oh, my God. And nobody was like, oh, my God. So that was sad.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to have trouble not just watching season two.
1: See, from what I understand, and I can't speak to this because I haven't seen season two, it seems, based on some of the things I've read about season two, that they are not significantly different, but that they are changing a lot more in the series, which I think is cool. I think it's absolutely fine. I like that they're kind of two separate things. Um, So that's why I would say it's definitely still worth reading.
0: No, no, I know. I'm definitely going to read it regardless, but, like, it's just taking me so long. And this is what everybody said about book two. Every time I pick it up, I fall asleep. Like, it's just taking me so long to get going on it that I'm like, I don't know. I I would think get through book two
1: because book three is kick-ass. No. Book three, like, it didn't start overly exciting, but there have, at this point, I mean, one gigantic thing has happened that I'm not going to talk about. But there's one other chapter that was, like, easily my favorite chapter where its I mean, it's also a great character, so it's a great chapter for that reason. But it's just one of those, those I finished a chapter and I was just like fist bumping the air. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So book three is good. Um, in an effort not to start
0: watching season two of Game of Thrones, I because my, my dad works for HBO, so we get HBO Go uh, mm. for free. I don't actually get HBO, I just get HBO Go. Um, so in an effort not to watch, watch, start watching Game of Thrones, I started watching Girls. Oh, which I've heard great things about.
1: but Yeah, I, yeah, I watched I, I, the first
0: episode, and it was actually really good. I heard a
1: really good interview. They interviewed what, – what's her name again? Lena something. Uh, yeah, I don't know something. her last name. Uh, they interviewed her on Fresh Air, and it was just very refreshing, just, you know, to kind of listen to her speaking. I mean, she's obviously very smart and very funny, and, you know, I hate her because she's, like, 25 and all this stuff. But she was – so smart about things and was very, you know, acknowledging of the fact that like, yeah, I know that, you know, it's about four white girls and like a lot of people are going to say these things about them, but this is my experience. Blah, blah blah So it made me like, I'll eventually watch the show when I can. Um, but it made me like her a lot, which seems to be an important thing if you're going to get on board with that show.
0: And she, she's the, she's the actress in it too, right? Yes.
1: Yes. She's yeah. the lead actress. Yeah. And she wrote most of the episodes and yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, the first episode only, but it was it was very good. I liked it a lot, and it like they already because you know it's going to get a lot of comparison to just Sex oh, of in of the course. City, yeah. and they already were like they had like a silly character be like, oh my god, don't you love that movie? And like talk about Sex in the City and be like, I'm a Charlotte, and blah 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 blah. And so it was funny, and, and then just kind of punch
1: her in the face.
0: Yeah, but essentially, yes, that is basically what happened.
1: All right, so um, something else happened this week. The season finale of Smash. Smash. <laughs> um, Talk to me, Erica. Uh,
0: I don't know. We
1: talked Do about it briefly. you still fucking think Karen should be
0: Marilyn? I don't know. I just... It's not that I think it should be her. I just don't have the problem that you have with her.
1: Uh, I'm glad to see my problem is becoming a universal problem. And, like, I've read a couple articles now that kind of say the same thing. It's like, the show is asking us to see... Karen as this like the next big thing and she just doesn't pull it off and it makes and it makes everything else about the show not work in a way um, I, I mean I like the musical numbers as always it had some fun stuff to it but again oh Julia threw up you know what that means yeah. the, uh, pregnancy <sighs> ugh. exactly it was a big ugh. Uh, the thing I like is it's coming back next season like sometime in winter I think and they're do it, this way they can do a bunch of episodes in a row. So it won't be like, comes back in September and then it goes away for two months. Yeah. It's going to be like straight episodes, which I like. So, um, And I think they need time to retool and hopefully decide to kill um, Deborah Meska's character. <laughs>
0: Just kill her in a terrible subway accident.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and then elsewhere in the world, there's been a lot of movement on the Glee news front. There has. We now, have... Well, a couple of different things. We have a time and day change, right? Sucks. Cause it's going to yeah. be on against whatever is on NBC at that time. And maybe project runway, although I'm hoping project runway will be timed out where it won't interfere.
0: Um, and what else? It's, it's going to be a show within a
1: show, whatever that means. Well, Who knows what the fuck that means. And well, we know a few things. We know that, um, Kate Hudson and Sarah Jessica Parker are going to be, have multi-episode stints. I have no idea as what, and there was some speculation, I don't remember if I put up that article, about, like, I guess Amber Riley made a tweet that was like, thanks for three years of, what a gift, Ryan Murphy. So people were like, oh, I guess Mercedes is not at next season, but I don't know. Hmm. I would guess she's not, but I'm I'm wondering if they're going to just basically do New York and McKinley. And yeah. at this point, you've got, you know, Kurt and Rachel and Finn will be in New York. Um everyone uh, the I guess the wild cards because you could even keep Mike if you wanted to just say he ended he's up at Juilliard. that or he's at Fordham yeah he's at Alvin Ily. um you could keep him you could the ones that are right now really in limbo to me would be Puck Santana, Brittany, and Mercedes seem to be the wild cards to me and I it would be a hard again, you could easily keep Brittany in high school and say she failed. It would be hard to lose Santana, but I don't know. Yeah, because she's going to school in
0: Kentucky, right?
1: Right. That's what they say, but who knows?
0: <sighs>
1: All right. Well, with that being said, should we talk about the episode? We should. Okay. So, um, to be clear, people, we are, since it was a two-hour event, but essentially it was two episodes, this Glee cast is going to be on the first episode. episode oh, yeah. 20. Did we, I, I'm
0: curious if, um... This is true. This is what Lauren told me, and I, I mean, I have no reason not to think it's true. But it, was the Whitney episode not originally – was that recorded after they finished filming and shoved in, and that's why we have two episodes? That's why this the schedule screwed up?
1: Um, I never heard that. I wouldn't think so because even now we're only getting 22 episodes, which is about right. Twenty-one episodes would have been right. Would have been worse. one episode at least. Sure, I, TV seasons confuse me because I always it used to be twenty-four episodes, twenty-three episodes, but twenty-one episodes feels low. I think at least twenty-two would make sense. So I don't know. Um, I hadn't heard anything about the Whitney episode being. Um, I hadn't either. That's why I was a little confused by it. Yeah, I could. I wouldn't be surprised if it was obviously a later edition, since mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. And again, one of the better episodes of the season, so.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Plot. Um, Yep, we've got one. Um, let's see. The episode was called... What? Um, Props? Props? Props. Okay. It was called Props, written and directed by Ian Brennan. With Nationals just a week away, Tina seizes the moment to broadcast her unhappiness with being in the shadows, although a mall fountain-inspired body swap shows her that it's really hard being Rachel, and like everyone else on the show, Asian number 1 falls in line to praise Miss Berry, even driving her across town for a final plea to Carmen Thibodeau. In other news, the stress of flunking is finally hitting puck as Rick the Stick challenges him to a losing battle in a dumpster. Thankfully, there's the newly liberated, confident, and single Shannon Beast to help straighten out our, our favorite Mohawk with another shot at his geography exam. Rachel had blue streaks in her hair. Santana got to try out Artie's wheelchair. And as Lola, Puck didn't look so fair. And that's what you missed on Glee. Very light, breezy episode because, I mean, it was all obviously building towards nationals. Yeah. Is that really all that happened in the episode? Uh, I mean, I think the Beast story has more weight. But really, if you think about it, it was a Tina episode that was kind of bridging them to nationals. You had uh, something happening with Puck and Beast and Tina. Let's and kind of along with that, you had Rachel. I
0: but, guess you
1: know, and you had all in the background all this prep for nationals. Yeah. So once again, we have McKinley one week away from nationals, being like, "What should what we sing?" What should we sing? Because lessons are not learned in a year, apparently. Um, you have Sue kind of saying, "Let's do props. Let's do this," and then eventually they decide nah, their talent is enough. Now, but yeah, I mean, essentially it was like a three character thing. Nothing else yeah. really happened. All right. Uh, so you want to start with? Puck? Um, yeah, Puck. That's Puck. So I like this as a Puck episode. I It was building. I like that it wasn't thrown there out of nowhere. We've seen yeah, you know, we several saw episodes of this. Try and take the test and mm-hmm. fail. and Yeah. The fight was a really sad scene. It was. Um, there was a lot, and this was an Ian Brennan episode, which might explain why, but there was a lot of callback to season one. You had the dumpster, with everything, with the dumpster, with Rachel being kind of Tracy Flickish, with Tina, like just, you know, kind of being a heavy on the show and the Puck stuff, especially where they, you know, even Tina has a line like, I was on the Glee Club when Puck was still throwing slushies at us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I like kind of that reminder of where Puck has come. Mm hmm. Uh, the scene in the fight was just really sad to watch, but I kind of like that it was sad. I, well, I think he's like,
0: I really think he's our only character that's had an actual change.
1: Yeah, because you can like, say Quinn, but then, you know. She has it, though. But she, she has, and then the next episode negates it. So, yeah, yeah I would agree he, with like that. Like, he's the only consistent character mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, I guess you could say Kurt just in a more steady way. But it was Kurt, I think it was more growing up and kind of, you know, being more comfortable in himself. Whereas I would agree with Puck, it was he started out the season as a series as a different person than he is now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, now, kind of tying into his story was a beast. Right. She finally left. Right. After, you know, the girls again kind of confront her about it. Did that, um, In this episode? Yeah, that was episode? all this episode. Oh. Sorry, guys. No, in this episode, the girls came to the cafeteria and, <laughs> to or the, to the teacher's, teacher's lounge. Teacher's lounge, yes. Funny. Uh, and kind of guilt her, kind of say, like, we thought, you know, you were leaving him. She's like, well, it's complicated. It's an adult relationship. And, you know, but then it was really Puck. And, I mean, in one way, it's like, okay, wait, wait. So Puck getting picked on and fighting through it is what showed Beast that she should leave her husband. But I thought that totally worked in the episode.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like the song they sang, you know, people were being mean to him Yeah. and she stopped the fight. So yeah. why shouldn't someone's being mean to her? Why shouldn't <laughs> she stop
1: the fight? Like, well, it makes well, sense. You had two characters who had reached a point where or really their whole lives, they actually had such little confidence in themselves. Mm-hmm. So for Beast, as much as, you know, she she does genuinely love Cooter, but staying with him was less about her love for him than it was about, well, I'm finally married and happy. Why would I walk away from this? And, you know, and her scene with him, I thought was wonderful. The scene where she basically, even though I could kind of predict every line that was going to come out of her mouth, mm. but when she's like, you know, who's going to love you now? Me. I'm like, okay, she's going to say that. Yeah. But it totally worked. And it was a nice moment of, you know, everybody kind of feeling like there was some character assassination going on a couple of weeks ago and feeling rightfully that they really did kind of rush in this, domestic abuse storyline without giving it the proper weight. I thought, you know what? They, I think they redeemed themselves in this episode. Personally, that's how I felt.
0: Well, it had, it had a, ultimately it had a good wrap up, even yeah. though it, it was not hmm, smooth going all around. Yeah. It should have, you know, it should have started a couple of episodes earlier. It should have had, and it would have held a little more weight, but ultimately they handled it well.
1: Yeah. And again, Dot Marie Jones is fantastic. She is. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just thought she was, again, so good in this episode, and she just, it's, me- I, yeah, I like her a lot. Um, okay, and then we had Tina and Rachel. Yeah, the
0: the whole Tina thing, I, that's great, she finally got an episode, but I, again, and this came up last week, and I guess up until last week, I liked when they did this, and then this uh-huh, is the, the week, yeah. this is the week where it stopped working for me, yep. where they call themselves on their own shit. This is, yeah, this is after, I guess, it, Helene's email last week, right? It was,
1: was it Helene or, or Brienne? I think it was Brienne.
0: Oh, it might have been Brianne. Um, But whoever pointed it out, um, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. And yeah. then now this week it kind of fell apart for me. And I was like, crap.
1: And especially because, wait a minute, she had a solo at regionals. Remember when they did ABC? Yeah. That was all Tina. So that annoyed me. Once I thought about that, I'm like, because the whole time you can understand. You're like, yeah, you know, we, we joke about it. Tina is always in the background. Um, but I'm like, wait, but no, she sang ABC Originals. And that being said, uh, personally, after her this episode, I was like, I don't need any more Tina. No, I don't want any more Tina. But she's boring. She is. I'm sure she's a nice girl. And I mean, fuck, she can sing and dance better than I can. I'm not saying she can't. But when we get to the songs, I think there is a reason why she is in the background. Yeah. And then we had, uh, along with this, um, we learned Rachel has been stalking Carmen Thibodeau. In a very creepy manner. In a really creepy way. 14
0: messages.
1: Uh, I did like, so Tina drives um, Rachel to kind of see her and talk to her. And I thought that scene, it was pulled off well, because I think, again, it was good performances, both from Leia Michelle and from Whoopi Goldberg, to Mm -hmm. make you understand because I, I loved that carmen schooled her and was like look why should i treat you any differently than all the other kids who audition and at the same time i thought leah michelle sold it for why maybe you should there's no yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, and along with that there was a body swap there was which
0: oh god <laughs> i so, don't even i don't even know where to start at
1: the first glance i was like this is uncomfortable and i'm i'm uncomfortable but by the end of it, and by the second time I watched it, I was like, no, I, this was exactly the way. If you were going to yeah. do a body swap, this is how you do it.
0: I loved it. Yeah. I actually, uh, Glee Glee um, Glee proper on Facebook is actually the worst if you like them at spoiling things. Oh, you're right. Before the episode airs, because they were like, take a look at these photos from tonight's episode, props. And there was a picture of Will Schuster in um, the Adidas tracksuit. Track yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I knew it was coming and I was kind of annoyed. I knew it was coming and I was annoyed that she fell into the fountain at the mall, but ultimately it worked really well for me just because I think all those actors know each other's like nuances and, and that was
1: facial the, expressions. Yeah. And they sold it so well that I ended up. And it, it wasn't overdone either. It was probably what, about like 10 minutes. It was yep. all within like one commercial break. It, there, there was a lot of easy jokes they could have gone for, and they didn't go for them. Yeah, it, they could have. That was the thing. All they had to do was show, you know, um, what's his name, uh, uh Cord Overstreet making the Rory face, and that was funny. Like they didn't yeah. need him to say anything with a bad Irish accent. Like exactly, it, it's exactly that. The actors that were subtle enough at just this is the way like Mike Chang is Joe was one of my favorites because <laughs> because it wasn't just the hair. Obviously it was that he had this, like these half open dreamy sleepy eyes Yep, and it was perfect. I don't think everyone was on. I think the only one that failed for me actually was Joe as Mike. Yeah. And they barely showed him anyway. Thankfully. Though. Yeah. But it was just, it was really fun and weird and cute and it made me happy. Yeah. It was quite good. But yeah, that was really all. It was mostly just a let's rev you up for Nationals, which we're going to end on so that you'll start the next episode with. Yep. So should we do songs?
0: Um, Yeah. And we didn't
1: even have that many songs this episode either. Didn't, which is uh, I would have expected more. Uh, We had the Rachel Slow Motion song. I don't know what it was.
0: Ah, Rachel Slow Motion song. It was I Won't Give Up by Jason Mraz. Sure. I'm unfamiliar with the
1: song. It was just another Rachel Slow Motion I'm Sad song. Yeah. And I didn't like they did this on this one. And then they also did it on the Tina song. There were really strong and, and conspicuous background vocals, mm-hmm. which, OK, they do a lot. But because there was clearly nobody singing it, it just felt really weird. Like yeah. they could have easily had like Mercedes and Britney and Santana standing behind Rachel in like a dream sequence singing it. But no, it's just there's background vocals singing as Rachel walks down the hallway. And it really bothered me. I'm sorry it's okay it's not your fault <laughs> i mean you could have been on there singing it would have been better but you know
0: i'll recommend that to ian brennan next right. time thank you thank you you tell him i'll talk to ryan okay
1: uh all right so that's all i have to say about <laughs> yeah <that song. laughs> it's going yeah. be a pretty quick episode it will be actually <laughs> yeah well because i mean we have to do another one tomorrow night so yeah uh, uh so next tina. is
0: uh because you loved me which is a celine dion song um and tina sings it as rachel
1: uh-huh. I was bored. Yeah. It's it, a boring song. Tina has a good voice. It's not that, you know, the actress doesn't have a good voice. It's, there's just no, it, maybe, it, maybe it was the song, I don't know, but there was no personality to it. Well, you know what? I think
0: when you give Leia Michelle a Celine Dion song, she knocks it out of the park. When you give Tina, whose real Jenna name Herschwitz. I care, Jenna Edrovitz, thank you, a Celine Dion song, she's not going to do the same thing with it. And because she was supposed to be Rachel, Rachel Berry, yeah. it didn't quite
1: work. Yeah. And it's, I guess, like, you know, their voices are different. Um, you know, Rachel's is a stronger, more, I think, a personality voice. Um, Tina's voice, just it just did nothing for me. And it was kind of like, oh, this is why you don't get standing ovations. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Um, next. High point of the episode for me. I like this. It was mean, I guess, by Taylor Swift. Yes. And I I've heard this song before. Was it used in another movie? Um, I don't know. Talking oh. all Google. Okay. Um it's it's really catchy and I've been singing in my head all week. Um, of course I don't know the words to it. I've just been kinda of humming it in my head. But I thought it was just, again, one of those, a duet you don't expect. You don't expect Puck and Beast to be singing together. Yeah. Um. I thought Puck sounded good, and I've been kind of like, eh, on Mark Saling's voice the last couple episodes, because it just hasn't been interesting. And in this one, it just sounded like, you know, it was it was nice, quiet song with a guitar, and he sounded good. You know, I'm sure Dot Marie Jones was auto-tuned to an extent, but she sounded fine, and it was a sweet moment, a sweet song, and I kind of cried. Um,
0: this is this is a song she did at the Oscars this year. Oh no, wait, no, at the Grammy. Wait, I'm confused. It wouldn't have been the Oscars because it was it would the Grammys. The sorry, I, like,
1: ah, I don't watch Grammys.
0: You know what it says? It says 46th Annual Academy of Country Music Awards, uh, which is why sorry. I wrote it as Academy Awards.
1: Oh, so but, it's the Academy of Country Music.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, she sang it there, Maybe but it she was
1: in a commercial.
0: She did it at um, I think she did it at the Grammys. She did it with I like. the Grammys. I think we fast forwarded through the Grammys just to watch the performances. Okay. But she, it was very cute. She did it on the banjo and she was dressed like she was from the South and Aww. it was cute. Yeah,
1: I like the song and I liked this performance a lot. You? Yeah, it was, it was good. I like okay. Taylor Swift. So. Mm-hmm. And was this the first Taylor Swift they've done? Mm, I think so. It's odd but they might, but I don't know that. Oh, Mookie, you're, oh, oh Mookie is dangling from the chair. Okay. He tried making the jump and didn't make it, but was holding on and trying to pull himself up. But like me, my cat can't do pull-ups. <laughs>
0: uh, and then we had, what a feeling. Flash dance. What a feeling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like these. This is like my kind of music. Yeah. And it, yeah, I liked it. I liked that they were dancing in the hallways. I liked that it led into them getting on the bus for Nationals. Um, I liked that it was Tina and Rachel. And just it was kind of fun and cute. I like Rachel's dress. It was all good.
0: Yeah, it was just a fun song and mm-hmm. Gina got to sing even though then she didn't sing at Nationals, but that's right. Fine. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it was kind of that was such a meh episode. It was It was enjoyable. I liked this episode. I would probably have given it like a B. But it was just so lightweight, I guess. Except it wasn't because the dot Murray Jones stuff was was not light at all. It just felt It was just kind of forgettable. Yeah, I think that's it. Because yeah. clearly I can't remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, I mean, I like it a lot more than Promisaurus. And more than a couple of the other episodes we had this season. But it was inoffensive, I guess. <laughs> um, So high notes and low notes? We are breathing um, through this. Yeah,
0: we're at 27 minutes right now. Okay. Um, You, you have a lot. I have two. Okay, okay. Um, and both of mine are in yours, so I'll do mine first. Okay. Um, th- obviously, the body swap, which we already talked about, uh-huh. it was just fantastic. Um, and Blaine and Kurt as Snooky in the situation. Oh my god! Yes, it was so good. I played it twice. <laughs> I was like, we need to watch that again, and I rewound it right away.
1: It was great because I mean, it was it was great. It was just great. I don't know why they don't do a Halloween episode every year. They should. It, 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 I don't understand that at all. Uh, Speaking of which, that was one thing in the plot we didn't talk about, but it really didn't matter was Uh, Sue trying to get Kurt to um, go and drag. It was a really beautiful dress. (laughs) It was nice. And one of my high notes was, I really like the line, you'll need to start smoking because this is a size two. (laughs) Like she could just buy a bigger dress. Right. It was this kind of like funny old glee, I thought. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this was, a, that was actually a good story and it did lead into the next one of Kurt just saying, look, just cause I'm gay and, and kind of, you know, feminine doesn't mean I do drag, mm-hmm. but you know, nothing came of it. So that was that, uh, right. Blaine is a situation the previously, uh, previously on Glee, you know, Tina was in the the thing, even though it was kind of like we said, annoying that they keep using this excuse of like. Oh, these things that we forgot about. But see, we didn't really forget about them. But I thought that was kind of funny because they did use scenes all the way from the very first episode. Yeah, they did. They had, like, Tina's audition for New Directions in that, like, previously on, which was entertaining. And I did like that they acknowledged something I have acknowledged which was her crazy go-go dancer fashion choices, as of late, from goth to punk to go sixties go-go, go go-go dancer. dancer. Um, let's see, my other high notes. At one point, Kurt, saw, Kurt called Sue a dragon lady, which made <laughs> me chuckle. Uh, the scene where Rachel goes on about you know how hard it is to be her. Which, on one hand, I I did kind of like, because I like the craziness of, like, I know every song from the Sondheim catalog and the Lloyd Webber catalog and every Katy Perry song, Mm -hmm. which is funny because, obviously, Rachel always sings Katy Perry songs in the hallway to herself and nobody else hears them. She
0: does. Um, Although, the original Katy Perry singer is Tina. Because her audition was I Kissed a Girl.
1: You're right. I forgot about that. Wow. We should should rewatch Old Glee. Well, we said we were going to. We, we totally said we are going to. We, <laughs> we haven't gotten to it. <laughs> um, the... I'll, well, I'll save that other aspect for my low note then. Um, okay, the... <laughs> I, I like the line when Santana and the girls try to go into the teacher's lounge and Santana says, you know, me and Brittany are gay and Mercedes is black, so kicking us out would be a hate crime. <laughs> just a funny Santana line. Um, I really liked how they were able to work in Puck and Beast and this friendship and how they were able to help each other without it feeling like it was thrown on in this episode. Because I mean, beast has a bond with the guys because we've seen her. She was a football coach. So yeah, she does know these kids, but at the same time, I don't think her and Puck have ever specifically had any kind of like scene together that made us think they had this kind of teacher student bond. But that being said, in part, it was the writing and a big part was the performances. Totally felt natural to me in this episode that, that that they would be able to help each other in this way and that Beast would see what's going on with Puck and that, you know, that this would have the effect on them that it did. Yeah. Um. Okay, my, another high note. I liked Whoopi Goldberg in this episode. I liked her scene with Rachel because she was able to do a lot with a very stone face. Because, you know, she's playing it very... I am a serious actress, and I don't really like you, but there was like a tiny smirk that would kind of find its way in, and I just really like that as in terms of like a facial performance okay, and then the last thing would be the specifics of the body swap <laughs> blaine kind of sexy as puck did you agree? Oh yes, uh, and the way he would like do the look around was so perfect mm-hmm. um Kurt's line that he was gonna wanted to make out with uh Rachel because her boobs look slightly bigger for some. Reason. Yep um rory as sam like falling asleep during the song was entertaining Mm -hmm. um mike of course i said and sam sam's facial expressions as rory i thought were spot on um
0: to tack a low note on to that do you know the only one that i think didn't work britney as mercedes no i liked britney as mercedes i already as uh Britney was kind of weird. Wait, no, already yes. as. Already as Santana. Quinn? As Santana. Already as Santana was weird. With the fake ponytail.
1: <laughs> Hobbit. Oh,
0: but how good was Sugar and Quinn? Oh, God, that was great. It was like spot on. And
1: it was like Quinn had to be so happy to. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> she got to act. Exactly. And she got to not be crazy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Willis Sue was really unnerving it, at first. It was great. Like it just made me, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. And then it was okay by the end. I was fine with it. He looks funny in that track suit. He looks weird. Uh, okay, other low notes I had. Um, how many times in this episode can a character say, "You don't know what it's like to blah 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 blah"? I just feel like everybody was using that excuse. Mm-hmm. And along with that, with Rachel, it makes me just hate the Rachel's arc of this season because it was and like I liked her, her later scenes with Tina where she was like, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe there are people out there that are much better than me. But that being said, in the end, we still have this episode be about how Rachel really is that great. Just yeah. like the prom episode, how Rachel really is deserving of being prom queen. The whole and, Rachel of it needs to oh, done with it. Yeah. Um, I felt really bad that the guy who had to the, the I did who, too. Because his face was completely blocked off by the TV rating. He did get. He, we did eventually see his face. <laughs> yes, but like during his singing performance, it was, super it was sad. As far as I knew, his name was TVPG. Yep. Um, and I didn't get why Artie wasn't on the costume committee.
0: Who was? It was Tina. It
1: was Tina Sugar, Tina Sugar. and
0: Joe. Maybe because they're all juniors. So is, uh, what's his name?
1: So is Artie. Artie's not, oh, Artie's not graduating. Artie's not a senior. No. Look at the Glee graduation thing. Have you seen him on there? Have they talked about what Artie's doing next year? I refuse to take that as canon. (laughs) I'm telling you, it is. When Brittany doesn't graduate and everybody else there does, and Sam doesn't graduate, you will be like, you're right. It was all about the graduation CD. Artie is no, they mentioned that at one point. They said, uh, Tina said at one point, like, this is episodes ago, like, Artie and I are juniors. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, that I know. But he uh, did
0: senior cut day. Right. And I complained about that too. Oh, okay. My, my memory, I'm almost 30 now. My memory's going. <laughs> I
1: Hey, honey, I know. I know where you've been. <laughs> um so that's more or less the episode right yeah it was breezy I mean there's just only so much we can say about it because it really it was a I, it almost feels like it was a filler episode yeah you know because next week is national. not next week but the next episode of the is nationals
0: you know it's annoying we keep like like three episodes will choke we had like all these different things happen and we just, we're basically just negating them all in these ending
1: episodes the the thing that bothers me most is how that's happened with um, Rachel. Yeah. I just feel like they had the chance to take her down a really interesting route. And instead, they just rerouted her back to exactly where we expected her to be, which is Miata.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the puck thing, too. Like, he failed. Right. Why should he get another chance?
1: Right. Because it's, you know, Glee. And everybody deserves a second Seven chance. Second chance. Yeah. I don't know. All
0: right.
1: Um, so we got feedback. 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 Sorry, guys. I hope you don't mind that we're racing through it. Yeah. It's. But,
0: I mean, there's not really much else to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And if I keep talking about Game of Thrones, I might give something away. So.
0: Yeah. Please don't. So we have feedback from Beth. hmm That goes a little something like this. Hi, Emily and Erica. Hi, Beth. A random collection of thoughts and observations about Glee's latest episode, Props. I don't write reviews because that seems like work, and I really should have people to do that for me. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Two episodes in a row that begin with the letter P. Totally weird and random observation.
1: What's the next episode called? No, it was Oh, Promotors. no, Promotors. Right. Okay.
0: Um, opening recap. Wasn't that the best one ever? Tina's entire Glee Club existence covered in less than a
1: minute. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about it that way.
0: Hurt wearing eyeliner. The scene where Sue is trying to talk him into wearing the flapper-style dress. He's done this before season. He, he's done this before season two in Will's office after a bullying incident with Dave comes to mind. Now how cute that. Now how cute was that Halloween flashback scene? Love Blaine's trick-or-treat skull candy container. Made me wonder <laughs> if one of the if. If one of the props people borrowed it from one of their kids, Mm -hmm. I would love to be one of the prop workers. Can you imagine some of the strange assignments they've been sent on? Like hunting down Beanie Babies for Rachel's Lady Gaga dress (laughs) or all those trophies for Sue? I mean, her house was full of them. Wonder how she will baby-proof the place when she has the baby. Mind-wondering. Focus, Beth, focus. Your writing style is meandering like a Glee episode. (laughs) I'm so ashamed. There has been some complaints about the lack of PDA and clean scenes and props and nationals, so I will address this right now with some poorly written fanfic scenes that we can pretend were cut out of the show. Nice. Back, back to Kurt's eyeliner. Here's how that. Here's how the missing scene went. Kurt puts on eyeliner in front of the mirror. Blaine stands behind him and says, "That's hot." They kiss. I'm doing this for you, Helene. <laughs> Rachel sings, "I won't give up." Okay, I love Rachel solos and she has some good ones this episode, even if it wasn't her. I think they had to. I think they had her do a classic solo up front, so we could see how well Tina could be could imitate her during. Blah, blah, blah. So we could see how well Tina could imitate her during her Tina as Rachel solo. <laughs> so complicated. Love the fact that Rachel has made fourteen phone calls to Cameron Thibodeau and sent her a muffin basket. She has crossed the line into full stocking. That's so Rachel. It's totally true. Flash dance props, choir room scene. God, those helmets have got to be hot and heavy. Luke, I am your father. Poor teen Jesus. Two, kept him two references to Star Wars in two weeks at Joe, and he didn't get either one of them. Well, that covers Joe's entire plot line for the show. <laughs> Rachel and Tina has some nice have some nice screen time this episode. I worry a little bit about Tina taking the lead in the choir room in season four. Unless she mm-hmm. surprises us all, someone else will need to come in and take over. The character is too weakly written, and the actress has room for improvement. Tina lovers don't hate on me. There is a re- good reason Tina has been in the background mm-hmm. for three years. Knowing Glee, this wasn't the plan all along.
1: Um, speaking of, in terms of what next... Well, that will save for next episode. I don't know if you had the same reaction I did. To align... In the next episode, that seems to be very foreboding about what's going to happen at McKinley next year. But anyway, yes, Beth, I agree with you on that point about Tina.
0: Um, Clayton in the massage chairs at the mall. So cute. Sorry, Helene, mm-hmm. No additional Clayton scene here. <laughs> I, for one, loved what happened next. All the character body swaps. I thought it was clever and fun. The costume choices and hairstyles, notably. Artie's ponytail, season two, Rachel and Goth. Mm-hmm. Kurt as Finn telling... This, this is so confusing. Kurt no, as you got it. Kurt as Finn telling Tina as Rachel that her boobs look suddenly bigger, simply hilarious. <laughs> so we find out Tina's locker is on the bottom row, maybe a metaphor for her being a true underdog. Everyone else's locker is in the top row, except for when Quinn was in a wheelchair. Not even, not sure about Artie. Like the surveillance camera shot of Tina in the fountain. I've seen the surveillance footage of the original texting girl who fell in the fountain. Who hasn't? Okay, if you <laughs> haven't, go through, re- go through, the go do a YouTube search. Glad they resolved the Beast storyline. Think is history for now, but we'll be interested to see if he turns back up in Season 4.
1: I doubt it. But yeah, I
0: doubt it. On to Kurt spying on the competition yet again. First the warblers and now vocal adrenaline. Blaine thinks the human centipede move doesn't look that hard. Missing clean <laughs> scene, scene alert. Kurt and Blaine trying
1: the dance move. <laughs> yeah, oh, baby.
0: Oh, oh, the places I could go with that. Helene and the rest of you use your imagination. Okay, back to the actual show. Three subplots that intertwine. Tina and Rachel driving out to see Madame Thibodeau at Oberlin College, Beast and Puck storylines. First, Puck in the choir room. There is Puck in a dress. I need to go bleach my eyeballs. Okay, I feel better now. He and Rick the Stick have a fight. Now, here's another example of why I think this show takes place in an alternative alternative universe. Mullis versus the Mohawk, flashback to the 80s. Between the use of cassettes, Betamax video players... <laughs> pagers mentioned in the Nationals episode by Jesse, and other obsolete technology, odd hairstyles, and Puck carrying a knife, so it turns out to be fake. (laughs) Who does that nowadays in schools? (laughs) We all carried knives when I went to school. Come to think of it, in Texas, we had guns in our gun racks in the back of our pickup trucks at school, too. Oh my, how things have changed. Yep. Maybe it's 2012 on planet Earth and in the Gleeverse, but some things... But some things went horrible, horribly astray in the world where Glee takes place.
1: I love the idea that, like, in the 1980s, everybody carried a knife to school. I know. I don't understand that. I didn't. I I mean, didn't I've seen Class of 1984, and it was badass back then. So, hey.
0: it's a different time. Oh, yeah. Back to the show yet again. I like the Beast and Puck scenes. She is his football coach after all. And I liked when they sang Mean together. Uh, one of the quiet, thoughtful moments when Glee does it right. Rachel telling Madame Thibodeau. Um, by the way, I know you auditioned like four times for Juilliard. Uh, okay, she didn't quite say it like that, but you know she was feeling that. So who knew that they sued the- that they sewed their own costumes? I thought they got Becky to do it. <laughs> no, that's a Um Will and Sue going over the set list. William, I can taste your ex body spray. Haha, <laughs> 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 My boys use that too. Even the ten-year-old. They have executive maternity suites at hotels now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a feeling duet between Tina and Rachel. Nice. On the bus to nationals. Um, On the bus and on to nationals. Things I had to look up. How to spell (laughs) Thibodeau. I've given up. I don't even try. Whose idea was it to use Thibodeau as a last name? Why couldn't it have been Jones or something easy that I could spell? And I used the closed caption spelling this time. I think it's also spelled. Oh, there's a different spelling. With With a th. TH. Oh, who cares? Oberlin College. It's in Oberlin, Ohio, all the way at the top of the state. Maybe Tina's car is really a TARDIS. I I think they would have those in the (laughs) Gleavers. Ernest Beyer, Rick the Stick, compared Puck's cross-dressing as one of the darkest days in Ohio since Beiner. Beiner was a football player who was drafted in the 10th round, 280th pick overall in the 1984 NFL draft. Don't know much about football, but 280th pick seems pretty low on the totem pole. Didn't have to look up the Snooki or the situation. The Snooki. That's funny. She wrote the Snooki. <laughs> um, not sure if I'm terribly proud of the fact that I knew who Snooki is. Oh, another episode coming up. Beth. Um, if I didn't,
1: I wish I didn't know who Snooki was. Yeah, it would be nice, but. I would be happy not to know. It was worth knowing for that Kurt moment. True. Yeah, that kind of made it all worth it. Like having Jar Jar Binks exist made it worth it for the Jar Jar Binks joke on Glee last week. True. Yeah. Uh, we have one more piece of feedback from the one and only Wayne Kaki, who titles his email "The Wet Dreams of Miss Tina Cohen Chang." Enemy and artichoke. Two hours of glee in one night. Wow, that's a that's a tall order, especially now that the show is full on sentimental sappy mode. I don't know if I can take that much sweetness all at once. I'm worried about diabetes and tooth loss. But you know what? There are times which separate the day trippers from the night from the diehards. Time to nut up or shut up, go big or go home, and several other cliches which elude me at the moment. Ah oh, hell! Let's examine those props. The show begins with with what must be the longest, most elaborate—that's what you missed on Glee ever. Obviously, this is going to be a Tina-heavy episode, and the show was calling itself out for ignoring her for three long, lonely seasons. This is what Glee has become, a show which constantly points out its own faults and then either A, tries to fix the problem all at once, or B, points out the problem and then just moves on. There is, of course, a third option, C, gradually try to fix certain plot or character problems over the course of several episodes or even a whole season, but that's not Glee. It's, I've made peace with that fact. I wasn't exactly clamoring for more of unique, but the rapid-fire exchange between Sue, Mercedes, and Kurt is fun. Remember when Mercedes and Kurt were friends? Aww. And Sue is missing the boat here. You don't fight a drag queen with a drag queen. That makes you look like a copycat, lame. No, you fight a drag queen with a drag king. That's right. You get the girls from New Directions to dress in really masculine style. Now that's transgressive. That's daring. Men in drag have been a part of the mainstream entertainment for as long as there's been mainstream entertainment. But women dressed as dudes? Not so much. Fair, fair point. Just notice the Porcelina hashtag. Nice try, Fox. Yeah, their hashtags were getting stupid. Oh, they're bad. Oh. Oh, God, more Rachel brooding over Niata. I still miss Leah Michelle's forehead and eyebrows. Oh, great, another slow mo hallway. You waited a whole four minutes for that, Glee. That's restraint. This song is really boring. It's nice of Carmen Thibodeau to give such a thorough description of herself in her voicemail message, so we at home know exactly who she is. <laughs> Good point. Erica's prediction about just how Rachel will get into Niata is coming true, just as she predicted. When she first said that, I thought, oh, that's just horrible enough to be true. And of course, it is. I've complained before about the reaction shots, but Naya Rivera is such a pro at these. Look at her reaction to Sue's line about being Jennifer Beals' body double. I've written or danced double. I've written several times before about my own experience in a competitive high school band and how it mirrored Glee in several ways. And I never get tired of hearing about it. (laughs) One of of these was the controversy over the use of props. We had a hated vocal adrenaline-like rival band, Plymouth Centennial Educational Park, (laughs) I named them by name, which used props to a rather absurd extent and always did very well in both regional and national competition. And so we incorporated props into our show, too. But there was always a debate about whether it was cheesy. So this story definitely resonated with me. Wouldn't be hardly a Glee episode if someone didn't storm out of rehearsal. It's finally Tina's turn. Great Sue Line. Isn't she the one who used to stutter? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Paradoxically, I like like Rachel the most when she's written as a comically annoying, as in the scene with Tina in the hallway. I like this Rachel way better than the brooding one we saw at the top of the show. I even like Rachel's monologue about how hard it is being her, and I wish we'd gotten to see her in one of her other 16 clubs. Yet more shades of Tracy Flick love lane and kurt just hanging out at the mall and getting chair massages have i ever ever explained to you my unified theory of plausible tv show couples it goes like this if you can depict two characters just hanging out and enjoying each other's company without major plot stuff happening to them it's a good couple if you can't it isn't that's my problem with rachel and finn can you imagine them hanging out with each other no because i don't want to see them hanging out with each other Wayne, that is an excellent excellent description of tv couples uh, been taken aback by Tina's use of the term high yellow. Google it. Did you? Did I Google it? Oh, high yellow undertone. It was like a Facebook controversy on our page, too. And I Yeah, I saw it. that. I didn't either. Because, uh, I mean,
0: was it, it was when, it was Tina as Rachel? Or was it just Rachel as Rachel?
1: No, it was Tina saying it about Rachel. Would you like me to Google it? Yes, I would. I was doing the same. High yellow undertone. Um yeah, because when I'm doing it, I'm just getting oh, why are light-skinned black people a light-skinned black person with yellow undertone? No. Um, okay, you do that. I'll keep reading. Okay. Uh shame, 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 Tina. Texting and walking. Do you not even watch your own show? Actually, this incident seems very familiar it, to a real-life case of a woman who fell into a fountain while texting and briefly became a viral sensation for her clumsiness. This was about a year and a half ago, so naturally it's getting glee right now. <laughs> I am so glad I did not read up on this episode before it aired. The Body Switch segment came as a complete surprise and a total delight to me. There was a great British comedy series called The Young Ones, in which the four main cast members did something very similar to this in their last episode. And just like The Young Ones, the Glee Kids seem to be having a real blast imitating each other and gently mocking each other's mannerisms. Leia Michelle and Chris Colfer are really good at this. Meanwhile, Darren Chris looked exactly like Travis Bickle. Sorry, I spit on my computer when I laughed at that. <laughs> um, looks exactly like Travis Bickle, a taxi driver. He totally does. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Morrison is so much fun here, too, with Sue. He's so good at playing bad that it's a shame he has to be Mr. Goody Two-Shoes most of the time. Jenna Ushkowitz's rendition of the song is bland and forgettable, and ironically points out why Tina isn't giving more solos. High five, Wayne. But that really doesn't matter. Now when you have Finn and Puck as the lovey day gay couple, they should have always been. Plus Diana of Aragon, obviously relishing the opportunity to not be Quinn Fabray for, for a few questions. <laughs> For me, this section, this segment was a home fucking run. God bless you, Ian Brennan, for this. And they ended it with a very funny little joke about Kurt being more concerned about the expensive silk charmeuse than he was about Tina. Twenty five bucks a yard. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not
0: finding anything. The only thing, I mean, what I initially thought was about Asia, like Asians Asian, and yellow right, skin tone, of, but it, but it's a, but it was Tina talking about Rachel. So I think I don't. I don't know that it was supposed to be racist. I think it was just Tina being concerned with Rachel's skin tone and the outfit matching her.
1: I don't know. If somebody wants to explain it with to us, Yeah. do. Um because we're not that smart. That's what it really comes down to. Or we're um, just very naive and don't see race. That too. That 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 is also as well true. Uh Wayne continues. The Glee Project too looks really low budget. Was it shot with a flip cam? <laughs> I forgot about the Glee Project. I'm excited for it. You didn't see the
0: commercial? Excited. There was a commercial on this I, I, episode. I, there
1: was a commercial for it, and it reminded me that the Glee Project comes on this summer. Jennifer Beals, of course, is alive and well and still working steadily in TV and film. But you know what else? She's aged like fine wine. She looks even better now than she did in Flashdance. Dance was new. A lot of 80s actresses did, because styles were so bad back then. Yeah. I love the brief confrontation between Santana and the unnamed male teacher in the lounge. Me too, Wayne. For a second there, for the merest of moments, mind you, I thought they were going to have Beast kill Cooter. But as I've said many times before, and Dallas will again, Lee isn't that kind of show. Beast has one thing, right? The 1985 Bears, including Refrigerator Perry, are still very much beloved and revered in the city of Chicago. The city still cherishes that team to this day. Kurt's hat and trench coat make me think that Chris Colfer should play a gay inspector Clouseau in a reboot of the pink Panther theory series. <laughs> that would be awesome. And Chris would be great at it. The more I think about this, the better I like it. See Emily, Kurt worships the artist. This isn't the time or place to debate the merits of that film, but I felt you undervalued it just a little. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was overrated and was a plain, plain manic pixie dream girl, love story disguised with, you know, being black and white And when in doubt, the girl in the movie just had to do the Charleston and everybody thought she was great. Wayne continues. The human centipede is a very badly named dance. The actions depicted do not mirror the movements of an actual centipede, and they are not especially reminiscent of the movie The Human Centipede either. The dancers are forming themselves into rolling wheels, so it's really more like the movie Rubber. (laughs) <laughs> I ever tell you of my idea for the human donut. It's basically where you get enough people in your human centipede that you can make a circle and sew the last person to the first. Voila! Human donut! <laughs> Wayne, that is that it's sick and disgusting. Although, good point about it being more like Rubber, which is a movie about a killer tire. Uh, which is not a good movie, but it is about a killer tire. Uh, probably about as good as a human centipede, come to think about it. Man, they're really banging the drum for this unique kid. Give it a rest, Glee. We'll talk about that next week, Wayne. Mm. Lee promises us little people and then doesn't deliver. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Forgot about that. Okay, Lee, you got me. I had to look up Ernest Biner. Tough break, Ernest. Tough break. The song Maniac has a very interesting history. It was written for a horror movie and then just barely rewritten for In Conclusion and Fast Chance. I didn't know that. Weirdly enough, in this scene, Rachel gives a pretty accurate description of adulthood. I think it's supposed to be an example of Rachel being overly dramatic, but there's a lot of truth in it. Even a stopped watch is right twice a day. Of all the different types of choreography needed on Glee, I never thought fight choreography would be one. Honestly, I know it was necessary plot-wise for Puck to lose his fight to rick the stick, but I'll admit it. And, but I admit it. And, but admit it. Didn't we all want to see Puck kick that guy's no-doubt pant-pasty ass? It would have sent a terrible message, but screw it. I demand a rematch. Speaking of rematches, Rachel is back in her cape, which she squares off against Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Theobo... Whoopi a second time. Hey, a shout out for the Lyric Opera. I see that building every day. I can remember my first day working in Chicago and seeing that building and feeling like I was in the opening credits of Perfect Strangers. And I almost attended an opera there, too. Had the tickets and every damn thing. But then, well, it's a long, boring story that ends up me not going to the opera. Still bitter about it. I bet, like, something life-changing happened at that moment. But that's just me. Predicting Wayne's life. Another rematch: Cooter versus Beast. Dot MJ is very good in this scene, as always. Cooter still seems miscast as a bad guy, though. Glee is not kind to this actor. It's not kind to big men. No. Think about Shane. If you are a larger dude and you get a call back for Glee, don't go. And Ken Tanaka. Ken, oh, Ken Tanaka, R.I.P. I. Yeah, no. If you are a husky man. Do not audition for Glee. I <laughs> am warning you. You'll not be treated fairly. You might think this is a great opportunity for me. I'm a husky guy. I don't get a lot of opportunities, but I swear to you, Glee will do nothing but assassinate your character or have him not speak in any episode. And then have him eat a woman. Yes. Could have guessed we'd get a puckby stewet. Not I, but this is really sweet. And, do you, and what do you know? Puck is getting, surprise, surprise, a second chance at that geology test or geometry test or whatever the hell it is. It's clear now that the anti choke people overreacted to that episode by a lot. One by one, just about everything in it has been reversed, other than Kurt's successful audition. And after only a couple of weeks, Angle finally reveals that its second tier cast members work in a sweatshop environment in the dank basement of a box <laughs> lot. Leah Michelle tans a lot. She's at least three shades darker than cor- Corky Montooth. Excuse me. I meant toothy man cork. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's walking impression is mad at best, but does it with such abandon, such total commitment that it's charming. Nevertheless, here's a quick tutorial on doing that voice. The word no becomes at least three syllables. No. Yes. I fully expect E to give, at least give it a try. I just did. Want to try it, Erica? No. There you go. Okay. We're getting there. All right. It's the rain in Spain. An obscure '80s '90s cover band called Big Daddy, and yes, I mentioned them before, did an incredible version of "What a Feeling." Better than what Leia and Jenna might do with it. Glee producers, I'm telling you, scoop up some Big Daddy albums and copy the arrangements. You shan't regret it. You simply shan't. Their version of "Do You Really Want to Hurt Me?" is perfect beyond perfection for Glee. So that was props. I can't really judge this as a standalone episode because it's obviously the setup for the one that aired immediately afterwards, but I can safely say that the episode had more good moments than bad ones. It was probably one of the better glees of season three. And now for that second hour. Okay. Got to toughen up. I can do this. I believe in me. I can, and we'll watch back to back hours of Corey Monheath and Liam Michelle. <laughs> Yours in exhaustion, Wayne Kotke. Uh, of course you can find him at D2Writes.blogspot.com. And he did ask a song request, Erica. Did he? Yes. Okay. Yes, I I didn't read it, and
0: I was listening to you read it instead of actually looking at it myself. Uh,
1: so yes, there's a song request. Okay, I will take care of it. Okay. Um. So that was props. Um. Speedy. Which, yeah. But your internet connection held out of this, Erica. So that's it great. did.
0: I'm surprised because my my dad stole the wire I usually use to connect into the modem to watch Netflix on the Blu-ray player in the living room. Okay. Um, so he's streaming a film and I'm very surprised that I can actually hear you.
1: Well, then huzzah. <laughs>
0: uh, we Victory will, is ours.
1: We will be back very soon, probably within a day of when you hear this episode yep. for coverage of Nationals. It's I don't just, know. What the- I think it's just called Nationals. Is it? Didn't they, they have were, one last year called Nationals? Um,
0: Nationals. That's what it's called. Oh, okay then. nationals and then goodbye which appears to have about 37 songs in it oh two, god three four five six seven eight nine songs
1: okay ah oh, that makes sense well i well i am that's tuesday that's gonna be crazy that's yep gonna be the last episode of Glee for a lot of people yeah for sure Indeed. um so you can find us on facebook by searching for GleeCast. Uh and where, you know, all of our awesome listeners chat and such and talk and it's great and you should go there and do stuff. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at EricaS Knits. I'm at Deadly Dolls. Uh you can yeah, definitely join Facebook and the group because then you could see pictures of Erica's kitten. It was so cute. She's very exciting about recording and now she's actually passed out, so Oh, it was a it was a long session for her.
0: I think she was just having a dream. She was like she was breathing really fast and twitching her feet and she started meowing and then she finished oh
1: well um yeah so we'll be back soon with more glee if you want to email us gleecast at gmail.com we'll talk to you soon later
2: um well i fell in the fountain i fell in the fountain I fell in the fountain. Do not text and walk. Can you just take us back to that moment? What happened? What were you thinking? And when did you realize that he had a terrible fall? I'm a mall employee. I was actually texting a friend of mine. I realized when I was falling when I was in the water. I'm hoping nobody saw me, so let me just walk away. Um, Well, I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. Do not text and walk.
0: As embarrassed as you are from all this, you you did learn a big lesson, huh?
2: To the younger generation, the fountain could have been empty. I could have walked into a bus. It got hit by a car. It can happen anywhere. I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. Do not text and walk. I fell in the fountain. I fell in the fountain. Fountain. Do not text and walk. I'm really, really embarrassed.
0: Hey guys, thanks for watching my video. Although I had a lot of fun making it, cell phone distraction has become a global concern. Although Kathy didn't get seriously injured in the mall situation, and we all got a really good laugh at it, it brought up a good point that we should all be more careful about when we text. You can find the song that you just heard on iTunes by clicking the link below. All proceeds that we collect from the song will go to focusdriven.org, whose mission is to stop the danger behind texting and driving. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel by clicking right here so you can follow me and my videos for the weeks to come. And remember that no text is worth the life. Bye guys.